The rich young man that we hear about in today's gospel reading was looking for something, something that he desired. It seems he had been seeking it, trying to find out what it was, trying to get it, perhaps all of his life. And it led him to Jesus. And Jesus, who is the living word of God, as we heard about in the second reading, the letter to the Hebrews, knew him completely, saw him all the way down into his heart, and loved him. And out of that knowledge and out of that love, gave him an invitation to make a decisive decision by which he would gain what he was seeking. But he didn't make it. And that day he went away sad. Now, in seeking to understand what was going on with this rich young man, perhaps we do well to compare it to one of the other times that Jesus called someone to follow him. Something that was similar and yet quite different, which was the call of St. Matthew. We remember that we read that Matthew was a tax collector, and he had not been seeking out Jesus. Rather, he was sitting at his customs post when Jesus happened to pass by. Utterly unexpectedly, Jesus called him, follow me. Now, there are all kinds of reasons why we would not have expected a positive response from Matthew. To be a tax collector was something very different then than it is now. He had clearly made a choice for great riches and power in that decision at a great cost, the hatred of his fellow countrymen, because he had chosen not only to cooperate with the occupying Roman Empire, but also to use Roman power and force to extort money for himself, make himself rich off of his countrymen. He had made that choice. He had been willing to accept hatred from everyone in order to gain money and power. Why would he ever be willing to follow Jesus? And yet in that instance, he did. In that instance, he stood up and he walked away and he followed Jesus. And I would speculate that it was the very fact that he already knew what it was to make a decision that required him to pay a very high price in order to gain something that he wanted even more. The fact that he had already done that then gave him the freedom to do it again. If before he was willing to accept hatred in order to gain riches and power, now Matthew was ready to give up all that riches and power to follow Jesus and to gain the rewards of being with him and all the things he would receive thereby. He knew how to make that decision, and he made it. In contrast, I suspect the rich young man never had to make a decision and pay a high price in his life. I suspect that he had grown up with these riches. He had always had all manner of possessions, and honor from the people around him, and the esteem of his family, and his identity and his security and all of this. He had never had to say no to anything. And in this moment, when Jesus asked him to leave it all behind, he was not able in that moment to do it. 
Jesus does ask each of us to make definitive decisions that will cost us something in order to say yes to what he leads us into. Might we be like that rich young man who are unaccustomed to making those decisions? It could be the case. The world around us wants to tell us that we don't have to say no to anything, that we can have everything. After all, if we believe that, then we are more apt to be controlled by those around us. But we know that's not true, don't we? In the first reading, the writer of the Book of Wisdom talked about how in seeking wisdom, in seeking true insight into reality and into how to live, that he knew he was going to have to not seek money, not seek power, but seek wholeheartedly wisdom. If that's what he wanted, it was the only way he was going to get it. Would it take perhaps a more, an example more close at hand? Gregory Popchek is a Catholic marriage counselor who in one of his books lays out this sort of continuum of five stages of marriage. Nobody wants to be down at stage number one, the shipwrecked marriages. If you get up to stage four, things are really good. But there's also stage five. But in describing what it takes to get to stage five, the very best marriage relationship, one of the things he points out is that to actually get from four to five, the husband and the wife have to have made some very strong choices, such as they may not have the very best jobs, which would take them away too much from their spouse and their children. They would have good jobs, but they recognize that they can't have the very best marriage and the very best job at the same time, and they've made other choices. They can't have all of it, and if the very best marriage is what they want, they're going to have to say no to some other things in order to get it. anything. We often have to empty some things out of our hands, out of our schedule, out of our expenses, in order to have the freedom to seek and to receive the thing that we want more. The specific invitation Jesus made to this rich young man, go, sell what you have, give to the poor, and follow me. How do we hear that specific invitation in our ears. There have been some throughout the centuries and perhaps even here today who have the call to follow this literally. This would include Saint Antony when he heard this scripture read in Egypt in the 200s. Saint Francis when he heard this scripture read in Italy in the 1100s. Both of them recognized in hearing this that this was a call to them too to follow this literally, and to enter into the monastic life or the religious life. And so it is that our Lord Jesus gives this call to some to follow literally what we call the evangelical counsels, poverty, chastity, and obedience. Evangelical because we see them in his life and ministry in the Gospels, and he calls some to them literally. Counsels because they are not commandments that apply to everyone in the same way, but that he calls each to in different ways consistent with our state of life. 
Some he calls to literally. And we know that those who respond to that vocation and do it well are among the people with the most joy and the most freedom that we ever meet. But what about the rest of us? The rest of us who are living marriage and family or who are diocesan priests and not religious. What is that call to us? In looking upon us, as in looking upon the rich young man, he wants us to not find our identity in possessions, our security in possessions. Specifically, he does not want us to be possessed by our possessions. He doesn't want our possessions to weigh us down, to hold us back from being free to enter into the love of God or to love others. So he calls us, too, to embrace poverty in a way that's consistent with our state of life. When it comes to this counsel, perhaps one simple question can shed light on what it is he asks each of us to do, which is regard to any given possession or expenditure or activity to simply ask, will this be a tool or instrument that will enable me to love better? Will it be a weight and a hindrance that will weigh me down and slow me down from loving truly? Different times of life, the answer will be different. But that one question can be a guiding light that enables us to gain what our Lord Jesus wants us to, to find our identity in our relationship with him and with God the Father and to be free, free to love. Each of us comes here to Mass today. Any one of us may be seeking something, an answer, meaning, direction, healing, love. And we may ask our Lord Jesus, what what do we need to do in order to gain this? Our Lord Jesus, invite us at times to make a decision, to be willing to do something or to give up something. The first decision is fundamentally for him. We notice he said to the rich young man, why do you call me good? No one is good but God alone. And so he might say to us, you have come here because you are attracted and drawn by something. Ask questions about that. Why are you attracted by this thing? Have you yet discovered who I am and what I can do for you? Explore that. Find that out. Find out why you can make a decision, definitive decision for Jesus Christ. And then having found that out, make it. Decide in a definitive way that you will be his disciple and shape your life accordingly. That won't be the last decision, will it? There'll be other decisions as he leads us along. New choices, new invitations to give up one thing and accept another. But it's always to free our hands to receive this new gift. He asks us to give up something. And the more we know him and the more we trust him, we're willing to do that. Here at Mass, what do we receive? 
the love of God the Father and Jesus Christ himself. And isn't that worth reaching out with empty hands to receive?